This is a black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is a black boy, don't you remember that don't want you grow? This is a black boy, what you gonna do when you try to get old? This is a black boy, this is a story that ain't never told. This is a black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is a black boy, don't you remember that don't want you grow? This is a black boy, what you gonna do? Okay, so this is Black Disabled Men Talk, first one in 2020, and I'm here with Otis Smith, um, Little T with Cloud, and hopefully Keith Jones will join us later. But the topic today is what do we want in this new decade for Black disabled people, for our Black community, for our disabled community? You know, so what do we want in uh, this new decade? So who wants to go first? Mm. <laughs> so okay, I'll, I'll go first. Um, for me individually, of course, I want, you know, health and all that stuff. Um, also want um, more more um more more coming together for um black disabled people you know i mean yeah. our talk black disabled men talk i i look forward to it every time we do it because it, it, there's really nothing out there you know and it's really you know, coming together for Black Disabled Man. I think um, at this point in my life, at 52 years old, I did everything else, still well, not everything, but, you know, I try to organize the disabled community, I try to organize people of color, and I, now I'm trying to really, you know, focus my energy on Black Disabled people and and black to sell men. So so yeah, that's what I want, you know, in this new year, this new decade of more black to sell people coming together and, you know, working together. Not just in individually, but really working together. You know. And of course I want <laughs> my books to sell and all that stuff, you know, of course I want that and health for myself and my family, but yeah, of course justice, but yeah. <laughs> so that's me in a nutshell. Well, I guess I'll go next. All right. Well, I went 24, I'm actually, I was talking to a friend, I'm working on a book for 2020, not a comic book this time, but actual book about our evaluation about what the Black collective really want. Going to these Black spaces, based off of some of the curriculum I'm reading, like Dr. Amos Wilson, Dr. Chancellor Williams, um, E. Franklin Frazier, like the more Black scholars I'm reading, and I go and navigate into these Black spaces, I'm realizing 
these spaces are not black spaces. Like it got black faces running them, but it has nothing to do with black empowerment. It has nothing to do with black value system. It ha it has nothing to do with empowering black people and everything to do with how could we better stimulate ourselves into the white into the bigger society. So I'm working on the book where I'm want to distinguish the difference between a revolution and assimilation. And I wanted to see what do we want as a collective group? Because the more I look, the more it seemed like we're losing ground and not progressing. Like the mere fact, it was what, last year, 2019, that the American population just learned that Nixon was racist? Like, <laughs> this should have been known information. We should have been way beyond this politically, but it seems like we're retrogressing. So yeah, I'm working on the book, and yeah, to see to really critique what we really want, and hopefully we could unite. Because the only reason why the black disabled community our targets is because the community we're a part of, which is the black community, the black community as a collective are disempowered. So we're easy targets, just like our women are easy targets, just like our children are easy targets, just like our men are easy targets, because of the collective. Mm, I hear that. So what, 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 what type of book is this? Gonna be essays or? Yeah. Huh? Well, no, I wouldn't say essays that have been broken up into different chapters. Like, for example, one of my goals with the book is to present religion as a political tool, because a lot of the times we think religion and the belief in God. So if you look at Trump and you look at his cabinet, where you got a lot of the white evangelists backing him up, or you have Trump pushing the Bible in school, so meanwhile, our black evangelists are able to keep their head down and we don't see nothing wrong with it. Where's T.D. Jakes when stuff pop off in Texas? Where are these mega churches pastors when the poor black people are being attacked by politicians? There's nowhere to be found. Meanwhile, white evangelists has absolutely no problem with telling you what their political agenda is. So with this book, I will, the one of the main focus is, is showing how religion and politics are one and the same. They are both extinctions of your value system. Mm, wow. It's, a, it's gonna be a deep book. Wow. Hey, little teeth, you, are you ready to go? I think Keith is trying to get in, so I hope he joins us. Published. Hi, I am Latif McLeod, and all that are listening should support us at patreon.com slash black disabled men talk. And for the new decade is a more acceptance in the black community of black disability people. I also am looking forward to getting my poetry book and novel published. Good. Good, 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 good. So it seems like we, we are all working on 
you know, big projects and small projects. That's good. You know, I, I, I also think that um, in this new decade, like um, Otis was saying, that there's black faces, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean nothing while everything around you is white. So we, we definitely have to change that. And I think I think also is that everything is focused on the federal level, you know, the elections and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So really, there's limited focus on what we're doing in our neighborhoods. You know, it's you know, it's uh, for me. I think it's the small stuff that really um, continues our education. So. I know for one organization and then Poor Magazine, you know, we had this, we had this team to, to say, you know, never call the cops. So we, we say that, you know, getting in contact with your neighbor and making relationships with your neighbor. I know that's some small as hell, but I think it, it needs to start on that. Level. Oh my God! Can you hear me? Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> God. God. What the hell was all of that, dude? <laughs> <laughs> so this is so key. Uh, you can take it away. What we're talking about, you know, what what does the black community need to do in this new decade, in this new year? I'm sorry. Say it one again. What what is the black disability? Yeah, community need to do in this new decade, in this new year. It's 2020. Stop laughing. <laughs> okay. So y'all did y'all answer the question? Yeah, we were just, you know, popcorn around. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry if I laughed um, uncontrollably and hysterically because, <laughs> well, what does the black disability community need to do? Hmm. Other than what we've been needing to do for the last five decades? Um, I, so I, so I'll, I'll just say this and then I'll leave it to the rest of y'all. In terms of like strategically, there needs to be a coalescence of actual leadership and, and, the, and those who would be the foot soldiers in that army, that we all have a common purpose and a common drive. But the reason that it's not really taking shape particularly now is because everybody, it, the appearance is that people are being sycophants to their favorite rah-rah uh, candidate and mm. not challenging the fact that anybody in public office for the life, if you've been in public office beyond 10 years, you legitimately do not have a leg to stand on when it comes to disability policy, particularly at the intersection of race, race and disability. And that's just hands down unadulterated fact. That is not, that is, that is unbiased. You can go back and track the policy. The fact that the Congressional Black Caucus was in Boston and talking about, I didn't go because I, I, I found that out. But one of the things that has irked me specifically about Black leadership outside of the disability community is that they don't even see us. Mm -hmm. And then to talk about 
you know, we need to, we are the cornerstone and the power base of a particular political party, yet in every socioeconomic demographic marker, they have done zero to improve our status. So my long, long, short answer is that we need to coalesce around four core principles, identify leaders who are willing to go to the mat and ain't and are not in it for the bling bling in the TV shows. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, I definitely I definitely agree. And I think what needs to happen too is the black disabled community can't go in the way that a lot of the mainstream movements are going. Well, they just go on because it's the popular thing to do. So once the next shooting ha happened, then we're going to move on to the next trauma. And then when another shooting happened, we're going to move on to another trauma. We get nothing done. It's merely going from one, from one situation to another situation. So I think what we need to do is really create an identity for ourselves and create a philosophy. Because reading Claude Anderson, that was was one of the biggest issues with the Black Power Movement in the 60s. Like, they had a lot of cute slogans, don't get me wrong, but they didn't have a, a movement based off of solidarity and Black empowerment separate from the white establishment. That's why none of these Black leaders, they don't speak to our needs, but they don't speak to the Black collective needs neither. They don't speak to the Black poor needs neither. So it's not based upon a black identity. It's not based upon a black value system. It's not based upon helping the black masses. It's about maintaining an image. So yeah, I think the first thing we need to do is create a philosophy and create an identity. And then we could branch from that and um, how do I say, integrate with the rest of the black community. Mm. Oh, yes. Hey, Latif, you want to go? Issues. I agree with Otis, especially around devising an agenda that we can all get behind. Especially around economic and social issues. Yeah, totally agree. The, the, the question is, is like, who's going to do the agenda? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we can wait and wait for people to do the agenda. And I know we are all doing our part in the work. So, um, yeah, I think we're doing our part, you know. So, Keith, you, you want to jump in? Oh, sure. <laughs> um. Exactly, I, and, and what it, here's the thing, and I'm gonna try to be succinct about it. It's not that we need black leaders to come to us and say, oh my God, look, you crippled Negroes, we discovered you, hooray! And now your agenda is ours. That's not gonna happen. Nor is it that we are going to crack the cabal of black leadership as it has entangled itself in terms of political power, socioeconomic power, and anything related to moving social justice forward. This is again, not hyperbole, this is stated fact. You can step back and just in, in a casual observer, 
look at the, the black movement issues that we're talking about, whether it be a fight for 15 or a living wage, whether it be hands up, don't shoot, Black Lives Matter, whether it be, um, you know, the, the, the amazing amount of ignorance and just disdain for the murdering of black trans people, things like that, all of those, unless it's sexy to quote the punditry class and the leadership class, we're not going to get there. So one of the, I guess, to fall back and really succinctly answering the question directly, we are the leaders we're waiting. We are those leaders. When you say who's going to make the four points in the agenda, that's us. Because it, if you're asking, you know, much respect to Reverend Barber, but, you know, it's poverty movement, if you're not acknowledging the cross-disability, cross-cultural nature of, po of poverty, then, then how can I, you know, I, I hooray for you, but if I show up at your rally and I can't get in the rally, then how in tune are you to my poverty and my issues and my struggle? If you are not talking about, you know, accessibility in terms of women's, women's reproductive rights for Black women or women of color when they're supporting Planned Parenthood, and you can't even get into all this to even think about getting on the table. So who, who, who are gonna set, who's going to set those priorities? We are the leaders that we are looking for. It's a very old adage, you be the change you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's hard, it's gruesome, it's not sexy. Most of the time you probably get evicted, but, <laughs> like, but if you, um, I mean, because there's no, I'm 50, and in half a century, I have yet to see outside of the people that I've come up with, y'all, there's never really been a, a prominent black disability movement with, that has intellectual roots in terms of understanding policy, the history of, you know, how disability has been used as a curmudgeon, how we were used as alligator bait and what that trauma then entails. So, Long again, answer short. We are the leaders that we've been waiting for. Okay, so I, I, I want to go back to the in, individual, you know, and tell us again because Keith wasn't here. Tell us again, you know, what, what are you working on for the new year, the new decade, you know, your art, you know, books, and things like that. Um, I can start, I know for me, I'm working on a book called Black Disabled Ancestors, short stories of our Black Disabled Ancestors, and Otis is the visual artist of that book, I'm totally excited about that book. Um, working on that, also working with Keith Jones on music and crip hop, and um, just, you know, trying to live in this capitalist world, you know, and trying to get some more gigs and stuff. But um, those are my two big things. And another big thing is um, Clip Hop is going to the UN in the summer. So yeah. that's really huge and trying to work on that. And also we're trying to get back to South Africa next December. So those are the major big things that 
I'm working on in, individually and with other people like Keith Jones and Core Magazine. So I'll shut up and Otis, you want to take over? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm working on my um, book while I'm making an assessment about what do the Black community really want? Because while we say we want a revolution, we always promote things that are anti-revolutionary or that's anti-against the vested interests of Black people. So like as Keith said, the, the agenda is already there. We just got to piece it all together. You feel me? Marcus Garvey wrote part of the agenda. Kwame Ture wrote part of the agenda. Um, Huey P. Newton wrote part of the agenda. We just got to put it all together. Because though we're a fragment, we're a fragment of a much bigger group, which is the African family. So I'm hoping my book will help piece a lot of the puzzles together. That way we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Because I think it's highly stupid that every generation, Black people feel the need to reinvent the wheel and relearn new stuff or the same stuff. Okay, um, Keith, you want to go then, Latif? Okay, all right. All right. Uh, well, to reiterate, working on books with uh, Leroy Moore uh, in conjunction with Otis Smith. Um, also putting out the music, uh, you know, for Crip Hop, doing some production. That blues track is going to be crazy. Um, other than that, putting out, doing my own music, uh, just to just to finish off my last CD that I've been working on, just been sitting there for like 10 years, um, finally finishing up the editing for the uh, Crip Hop Crossroads documentary slash film. And lastly, finally trying to launch some kind of fundraiser to do an independent presidential run to at least raise these very issues that we're talking about solely for the purpose of winning. Like, they're like, oh, that's so cute, you want to run? No, we're going to win. And there's a real reason for that, is that we are not, we, like, we, we're not in a place where we can afford to lose. So those are the things that, and, you know, there's a hundred thousand other things going on, but those are the main things that are happening at the moment. <laughs> Okay, Latif, your turn before we before we cut off. Latif, we we can go back around one more time. I think we still have time. Besides working on publishing my poetry book and writing my novel, I am still working on my PhD in anthropology. I am in the research proposal phrase. And in August, I will go to Cancun for the Isaac Conference and finish my tenure as their lead committee chair. Great, 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 great. So we got 10 minutes before we can, before it's done. So um, anybody else want to say something for the next decade of Black disabled people? And our black little community. Oh, sure. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I had to go. Um, I don't. You know, we we've been doing this for a while. I mean, in terms of, you know, like 
I, I did nickel in 1998, National Council of Independent Living. And I, I did a training session on cross-disability, cross-cultural, multicultural outreach. They were shocked, shocked, I say, that that was even a topic. And people are like, wow, we never thought about it. So I'm like, the older I've gotten, I I don't have hope in somebody getting it Mm -hmm. without, you know, without me being the one to spoon feed it to them. Mm -hmm. Because if if, if we were in that kind of stance, then things like this group talking about issues that are clearly relevant to the future of black, the black community. The incidence of disability are four times higher in the black community than they are in the white community. The undiagnosed nature of disability in the black community is six to 10 times higher than it is in the white community. So there's no reason for the entirety of the African-American community to be brain dead on disability issues. So I, in my cynical way, will say, I think over the next months and years, it's, if we don't do it, I don't know who will, but I think Mm -hmm. we, this launching pad and using social media, although it's morphing into a different thing, that we will be the ones to, you know, because we old now. I ain't old, old, but I'm old enough <laughs> to say that I'm <laughs> that I'm looking for the youth to come pick up the mantle and go. Because, you know, I got kids who will be like, my dad had a disability. So why don't y'all have X? When it shouldn't be. We supposed to be having trips to the moon and vacationing on, on Luna as opposed mm-hmm. to watching political parties debate on whether or not they're actually going to follow their constitutional duties. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that Crip Hop... Um, the work that Latif is doing, the work that Otis is doing, the work that you're doing, the work that I'm doing, and everybody that we're connected to in our neck will be that lifting tide to bring the issues to the public. And if not, we're going to burn this bitch to the ground and they'll feel us one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Amen. I feel what you said. Actually, I was just reading um uh essay, I forgot who wrote it. Bobby Wright, I believe. He wrote Menticide. And at the end of it, he said almost exactly what Keith said. If black people's humanity can't be respected, and if we are not allowed to exist, then we must send a message that no one will exist. So if we gotta go, then this world gotta go with us. So he pretty much said exactly what he said. But again, I don't wanna go in the way of every other or modern day quote unquote black empowerment movement is going. And it has nothing to do with actual black empowerment. It has everything to do with giving black people these artificial solutions, which are not actual solutions or not actual remedies. That's why when you actually start reading, you become highly disenchanted with a lot of stuff. I highly recommend reading Black Bourgeoisies by E. Franklin Frazier, where he talked about how a lot of, of our leaders was chosen leaders by white philanthropists. A lot of our so-called black educators were chosen educators by white philanthropists. And that's why all of their solutions are not really solutions for the mainstream black people. So I just don't want to go in the way of that. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. 
I think we need to build up off of what our ancestors left and go from there. You feel me? And understand we are not disabled. We are African and disabled. So we're part of a much bigger family. Amen. And I'll pick up on that. I think that I know that that's why Keith Jones and I, you know, um, put together Crip Hop and we stayed independent. We're not a nonprofit. We don't want to do grants. We've been down that road over and over again. You know, I lived all the grants. So, matter of fact, a couple of months ago, I turned down a Ford Foundation fellowship because I, I, I just didn't like their politics around black disabled issues. You know, mm-hmm. people think I'm <laughs> cuckoo for doing that, but you know, you you have to hold your um, beliefs. If you don't hold your beliefs, then you had nothing to live for. And like and like always said, you know, there's you know black faces, but you you look behind it, it's funded by white white foundations and, and white data. So what's what's so what's the point of having a black face? You know, so I think that that's why we do this on on an SSI budget. You know, I mean, and yeah. So I can go on and on about that, but yeah. Thank you, Otis. Latif, we got three minutes. Are you ready? Or Keith, you want to jump in? We need to be bold in advocating for what we need to exist and don't take no for an answer, especially with our families and the black community. Yes, yes, I absolutely agree. I think um, what I would like to do with you guys, as well as everybody else, is, you know, maybe one day offline we'll just have a discussion and put together a, a virtual seminar and a virtual, a virtual town hall. Because one of the things that we have never done, she did it in piecemeal, is that we've never really coalesced and said, okay, Black people, you know, enough of the nonsense. Are you down for this or are you not? Are you will? Uh, you know, yes, we can. We can support Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, all of these wonderful people. We're introducing disability policies yeah. that they have plans for, except for the fact that they has been in in the office ten years, twenty years. You've been in public life, and the disability issues have been there as long as you've been in the office. So to have a plan now, when your job is to legislate which means you get to write the law, which is why your job is called lawmaker, for you to then turn around and say, hey, hey, guess what, Latif? I got a plan for you. Isn't it sexy? Hey, it's sexy. Meanwhile, you're standing there on the stage debating this, and your president has now changed the policies related to disability. So I don't want to hear no more of that. So I think that's that's what I think we can do over the next five to six months because it would be nice to see a movement where we're not really dependent upon those already connected, quote-unquote, um, leaders and just make, because this is for the people, from the people, about the people. Okay, so we have the last in a minute, the last in a minute left. So, Steve, you want to jump in quick now? 
Okay, that's it. Yeah. Like this little man talk. We'll be back next month. All right. Thank you, people. Peace. Much love. Out.